United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. The dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Ross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Ross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects... Um, hey, what's up? My name is Noelle, and I got, um, micro-needling today. Where? Um, the, this, where uh, on your body, I guess. On my face, we, they did micro-needling, and, um, I just, it was great, but I feel like a giant open pore. I am going to apologize right now. When you said micro-needling, I immediately put the dry needling that I've been getting oh. in physical therapy on it. I was like, oh! No. But you got, no, 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 no. one is for skincare and uh, regimen, and the other one is for physical therapy. Yes, exactly. That's, okay. Exactly, yeah. Uh, well, if you don't have a filter on your video, then it fooled me because you look great. You look filtered. Thank you. It's because it's really dim lighting in here. But who are you? Oh, I'm sorry because the last episode was not an hour long and some of you roasted me mercilessly for it because you know how much I care about having at least an hour long. What's me? Really? Yeah. What's crazy? No. Pause. Before you give them any benefit of the doubt, I'm going to go. Let me, hold on, let me get my soapbox out. Pull it out. Let me stand on it real quick. Suck my dick backwards, you little <laughs> No, because I really no. want No. No. There's, no. 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 You know. No. You know. There is a standard that you and I have implemented, which is at least five pages of notes. Now, we write our notes in Google Doc, which defaults to 11-point font um, of Arial, like sans-serif font, and we do 1.15 spacing. We try to get five pages, which usually equates to an hour. Now, we did have some real-life nonsense that was going on that made both of us a little tired. That's what I was going to say. If these cheap-ass motherfuckers paid one single dollar to listen to a Patreon episode, they would have heard one slice of the shit pie we were served last (laughs) week, and they would be like, oh my god, thank you guys so much for the, like, fucking 30-minute episode. You didn't have to do anything because you were getting your teeth kicked the fuck in. You ungrateful cucks. Both of us just riding and crying last week. Literally. Um, Literally. I'll fit, fist fight me. Everyone who is mad about it, come find me, and I'll fucking beat your ass in the parking lot. What? Oh, you're going to fucking kill me. What? You didn't record? Oh, thank God. So the Patreon popped up, and it said, save this recording. But I was trying to do something else, and I hit cancel. You and then it bitch. just closed the window. But then the window, the window popped up anyway, but it scared the shit out of me. Oh so what else? Why don't well, you save that shit before we get here? Because it has to convert it. So it like converts. We could have waited. You're crazy. We never wait because it can take like a while sometimes. But what I did, this is this is what almost caused the, the thing, is um I was like paranoid this this recent episode, right? So for context, this episode is six pages. Um honestly, we should just so, end it now. We should just end <laughs> the episode now Bye. and upload this and say fuck off. Um so what what I did 
was there are certain things where you can like convert documents to estimated speech time or estimated reading time. You so did there's, not. Yeah. So I converted the six pages and I estimated it to being 34 minutes and 47 seconds long. And I was like, this is the about the same amount of what our normal episodes are. But I'm like, oh, but then there's also 30 minutes of nonsense that we speak every time. And well, because... There was no, well, there was no love in it. There was love in it, right? No, let's let's call the spade a spade. Let's call the spade a spade. I was a fucking walking vessel of emptiness. I had absolutely nothing to say or contribute. I was five seconds away from having a mental breakdown every three seconds. And I was like, yeah, Chelsea, let's just record (laughs) Let's record because we don't know what mental health is and we don't know what self-care is. So let's go ahead and record. So Chelsea records the entire episode and I'm just like, yeah, this is crazy. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm looking at putting a gun in my fucking mouth. (laughs) No. Goddamn motherfuckers have the audacity to be like, it's only 30 minutes. You know what's going to be 30 minutes? Longer than 30 minutes? Your ass beating. (laughs) (laughs) No, well, no. We're so grateful that people keep us honest and on our toes for content. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm uh, not. I'm not. Next time, next time I'm in a fucking mood like that, I'm just going to get on here and cry for an hour and you guys can <laughs> listen to that. <laughs> Honestly, that's why the you crying should would be a great ringtone um, because then yeah. that, that way people would know, never call me that's, yeah. or you because that's how much we hate it. If you if you call me, I just don't think you – I just straight up know you don't care about me. It's true, especially when voice memos exist. Just send me a voice memo. We don't have to get on the phone. Actually, yeah, um, yeah that's true. Every big piece of terrible or traumatic information I've ever given or received has always been via text. And this is where I would also like to point out that you and I are hypocrites because we – we say these things, and then what's the first thing we do when either of our dads texts us and is like, hey, <laughs> hey, do you got a minute? We're just like, oh, my God, the world's ending. Yeah. The worst things have happened. Yeah. And then it's just them being like, what's the name of that show? But uh, we do the same fucking shit. So, honestly, I'm going to eat my own medicine here and say sometimes yeah. a call is better. <laughs> yeah, right? Because my dad called – well. My dad also called me like when we were recording Patreon and I immediately freaked out. And then I was yeah, like, hey, exactly. what's up, what's up, what's up? He said, oh, no worries. Just wanted to see if Loki was behaving. Oh, my God. See, this is. And I'm like, why would you do that? But yeah, my dad also did the thing where he was like, call me immediately. And then it turned out he was listening to our podcast too fast. And he's like, why yeah. do you guys talk so fast? And they're like, chipmunks. <laughs> and I was like, you're playing it back at like 2.5 times. Uh, your dad just accidentally puts the podcast in reverse. And he's like, why are you guys summoning the devil? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Oh, um, I know he's going to be tickled pink by us uh, talking about him on the podcast again. So you're right. I know your dad wanted uh, to, your dad had, words to say to me when he was like why'd you make fun of me (laughs) every time my dad sees noel he's like hey you laughing at chelsea falling out of her chair that one time was just peak comedy and it wasn't even anything (laughs) i fall out of my chair noel laughs at me and my dad is like (laughs) because he was laughing right there with me (laughs) yeah like everyone in my family probably pees their pants stately laughing at that i 
cannot. I I forgot that video existed. Little did I know the solution to my melancholy was rewatching that video of you falling. <laughs> oh man. It it popped into my head a little bit because I um like my hair right now. It looks like insane. how you did when you were on the floor. But then I was like, man, if I fell out of my chair right now, would I be okay with this video being shared? And I was like, if you fall out of your chair, you got bigger problems to worry about. Yeah, if you fall out of your chair again, you're getting put in a home. I no don't one- lean back in my chair anymore without like being anchored. Like smart. Yeah. Not even smart. worth it. Um, <laughs> oh fucking shit. But anyway, I guess I will say uh, thanks for listening to our 30-minute episode, even if you didn't like it. <laughs> I don't care. It was no, I'm de- just kidding. Yeah, the con- I care. The content was there, but none of the banter. And, you know, it, was, it wasn't anyone's fault. It was just one of those days. It was a lot of people's fault, actually. But yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't your fault. And it wasn't my fault. No. It was other people's fault. It was, a, it was an entire – honestly, us uh, – junior football team size of people yeah and that just is what it is yeah there's a conspiracy of inconvenience and uh nonsense Mm -hmm. that was happening yeah uh, we bravely recorded that's what i'm saying i think that's where my problem is because we honestly were braver than the marines in that moment showing up and giving people mediocrity (laughs) yes and they have the audacity to say something about it that's crazy to me yeah you heard it here first (laughs) folks we are braver than the Marines. We were, so. honestly. So, <laughs> even though I cry because I don't want my dog's feelings to be hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I'm talking about us as the collective, yeah, yeah, us, yeah, 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 yeah. us, the universal we, yeah. not you or I, because individually, a disaster, right. but together, yeah. braver than the Marines. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what's that cleaning solution? Like you can make like cyanide gas or whatever, or, like whatever. Bleach? <laughs> well, it's like you mix bleach and ammonia and you can create like an atom bomb. That's us. Um, <laughs> I don't think it it's an matter. atom bomb. Don't laugh. I think don't, it's nobody like- fact check. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I, you want to know what's crazy? Is I know for a fact that Oliver's going to like tell me the chemical component of that breakdown when he listens to this. Well, you know, so. the thing about mansplaining. <laughs> I know. But the, yeah, yeah. So how dare he? Um, but let's get into it. I just burped so loud. You're <laughs> I know, so welcome. I'm clearing my throat so bad. I keep hitting mute, but it's like not registering. No, I just hit mute, and the loudest burp ever came out <gasps> of me. And I was like, "Damn, that was honestly trigger finger was fucking on point there." <laughs> I didn't hear. I didn't even see it. I was like, "Yeah, I know," because I did it so quick. But um, anyway, so I want to preemptively apologize for the pronunciation in this episode. Normally, we type phonetically because we're stupid. That is uh, true. I do it this time. Well, here we go. Let's jump on the struggle bus right now. Yeah. So if you haven't heard of the mysterious island of Nan Madal, you wouldn't be alone. In some circles, it is a likely candidate to be the inspiration for the lost city of Atlantis, if not the actual island itself. Can I say a few things real quick up top? Please. How many times have you said this is related to Atlantis? I feel like we have done so many episodes where everything could be Atlantis. Yeah. Why is it? But now it's this one. Yeah. Um, okay. Just making sure I'm following. <laughs> it's it's because um, here's the thing. Yeah. Why it is could, it? Because- <laughs> it could be Atlantis because the shoe fits. But the shoe in this case is not a glass slipper. It's a stretched out Ugg boot that you bought at the DI. 
Um, so it, it could, could be fit anyone. many feet. Okay. Yeah, it could okay, fit many okay. feet. Um, but also, like, Atlantis is fun. And I didn't stumble across this island looking for Atlantis. I don't honestly don't remember how I stumbled across it. Uh, but it wasn't until I was in the th- in the thick of it that I think I was looking for alien content, honestly. And then this popped up and I was like, interesting. And then it turned out it turned out to be different. It didn't okay. get away from me, but I let I, I let the, I let the spirits guide me on this one. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I guess I'm just like, I don't know why I have such a bone to pick with Atlantis. I love I just, Atlantis. I bet you do, because you found it in 17 different places. But like, that's my problem with it. You know, That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I think so. that's allowed. That's allowable. Um, but despite all these theories, and in all of our research for the Atlantis and Lemurian episodes, we never came across a single mention of this insanely mystifying place. Mm-hmm. The only difference between Nan Madal and these ancient cities is that it's still around, still above water, and still very accessible with means and money. That's a caveat. Um, we could well, go there today. Well, most great things are only accessible through means and money. Yeah. <laughs> so, it sits more than 600 miles away from the nearest populated coast, and getting there is insanely complicated. So, Pompeii. The nearest island sits in the Federation of Micronesia, which Micronesia, not Nisia, which makes getting there insanely difficult. This area has little to no tourism and is often so out of sight and out of mind that I bet that despite everything I've said so far, you still don't know where it is. That's true. But that's also because we went to public school. Right. And it's for that reason why I give a very public school analogy of where it's located so if australia were our torso micronesia would be something like a shoulder okay it's i i see that it's trying to help me visually but i'll be real with you i don't even know if i could name all 50 states or whatever so i yeah no you don't have to just if 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 you tattooed australia on your chest and you wanted to put uh nan madal somewhere it would accurately go on your shoulder. Okay. I'm looking at a map like as if it would like fucking mean anything to me. God, this is just. I looked at 50 maps and I still didn't really understand. Uh, I I know where it's. I can look at a map and be like, oh, that's where it is. But I think just the geography and the culture of the area, I'm not quite sure where it plays in. Well, yeah. So if you if we look at this map right above Australia are a bunch of little. Like that's yeah. So that's, what's difficult, right? It's above new Guinea. Basically it's so little that they don't really include it on maps. So when they do include it on a map, it's so zoomed it's like in a dot. that you're like, what, where am I? Yeah. It's yeah. like super zoomed in. Um, a little above New Guinea, super tiny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. That's I. I don't. I don't know if you said that. You should have led with that. I should have. Yeah. But that's so. Fine. Yeah. But New Guinea would be like if you had Australia on your chest. New Guinea would be like a clavicle. Mm-hmm. And then your shoulder would be Namadol. Okay. <sighs> Man, now that you said that about Atlantis, I'm like really insecure about some of the sources I'm going to be sharing today. Chelsea, I'm going to be real with you. <laughs> 
If you weren't insecure about your sources every time we fucking record, you're brain dead, dog. Are you kidding me? So, shut up. Well, so from AtlantisRising.com. There we fucking uh, go. Cool. is steeped in scientific controversy and legend. The word Pompeii means on an altar, and Nanmadal means the spaces between, indicating the canals or spaces between the artificial islands. One of the first archaeologists to collect data and artifacts at Nanmadal was the German Pole, Johann Kubari. Kubari had four native wives whom he kept on different islands in the Carolines. He loaded a ship with precious relics that he had dug up in the 1870s from Nanmadal, but the ship sank somewhere in the Marshall Islands, um, losing everything. So, uh, so this is a colonizer man? This is a German man, yeah. This is a German colonizer, yeah. and he has four wives. That oh, he... we're going to, yeah. He had okay. four wives. Okay, and I have a feeling, I have a feeling they didn't love it. I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to, I have a very strong feeling. It might not be in the Atlantis website that you looked up, but I have a very strong feeling that the German colonizer who came in and stole from all of the islands and had wives on each island, they did not love it. No. And yeah. uh, it's actually like, oh, chef's kiss that you cut in when you did, because the next sentence is, Kubari committed suicide a few years later on Pompeii when one of his native wives left him for another man. So they got out. At least one. Uh, <laughs> and then they all got freed. Yeah, Peace they and all love. Got, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Peace and love. Don't do that. But also, I'm just going to say this. It's not historically accurate. I don't know. I'm just going off of intuition and visions in my dreams. Um, I bet he was a bad person. There's just something about a German colonizer on an island that makes me go, you know what? Maybe he's not missed. If he was only there for scientific reasons, because, like, archaeologists, I feel like, can kind of... I'm speaking tongue-in-cheek because I fancy myself as a little something of an anthropologist myself. Yeah, just... Yeah, you, I don't... You, you're BA. You don't <laughs> respect... You, I, I agree with you. You don't respect the culture yeah. by taking advantage of the people there. Yeah, by marrying a wife for each island you colonize. That yeah. is not respecting the culture, right. so... Yeah. So, but he did write a valuable early manuscript on the history of Nanmadal, which passed to the hands of a native, native Ponapean family, presumably his wife's family, who kept it as an heirloom until it was accidentally burned in the 1930s to be lost forever. Hmm. This is going to be a bit of a theme when it comes to the history of Nanmadal. So, after World War I, the Japanese took the islands over from the Germans. And did some pretty extensive research in the area, and the rumors from this time are pretty fascinating. On good authority, the Japanese found platinum coffins and networks of underground tunnels that led to graves of the dead. Unfortunately, and because of course, almost all the evidence of these discoveries were lost in the war. Dot, dot, dot. Or so they want us to believe. Yeah. You see, the Japanese managed to keep a lot of their discoveries on Nanmadal's secret, but lucky for us, ah. Oh, I should have thought better about writing that sentence. But luckily for history of the island, the Germans got involved. Oh. That, you know, this is what happens when your true genealogy pops out. You yeah. say things like this, and then we all can, uh, we can palpably taste your blonde hair and blue eyes when you so, say things like this. What I was trying to get at was like, <laughs> luckily there were people who came in and curated the history, but it's just fucking unfortunate that World War One and Germans had to like be linked in. Yeah, together. yeah. That was uh, you my know, bad. 
I think a lot of people would agree with you. <laughs> Lucky for us, someone who just so happened to be German came and got documented some history. Um, so really, all we know about the platinum coffins found on the island come from a German writer named Herbert Rittlinger, who described them in his book called The Measureless Ocean. As a traveler, and is it crazy? I, I wrote this as an interjection, but his job was basically a professional traveler. Like he literally just bit bopped around and wrote about it, and that paid for his life. <sighs> oh, to be a man in the, I'm assuming, early 1900s. Yeah, early 1900s. Just a, just to, oh, to be a man, period. That's it. Period. <laughs> so he took up a certain interest in Nadmadal and made it a point to research and visit it as much as possible. So, again, from AtlantisRising.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Are you going to go there? Yeah. Atlant- I just want to see what the landing page looks like. AtlantisRising. What do you mean? AtlantisRising.com. Because I wasn't on the landing page. I went straight to the article. Um, <laughs> what? I just want to, I need to start checking the landing pages of these websites. Yeah, because every time you don't, it always ends. Also, there's a game called Atlantis Rising. This is really fucking up my Google search. Hey, while you suffer with that. There we go. Um, To magazine. It's like an online newspaper. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. They have memberships. Um, they have multiple memberships, membership signups, membership projects, and they also have an option to publish your own book um, because that's something that Atlantis Rising, the research group, will do is give anyone a platform to say what they want to say. You know what? Also Wikipedia, though, so don't hate on it too hard. Also, Noel is somebody who happens to know or have personal relationships with people who happen to subscribe to such websites. I don't think you should make fun of them. <laughs> I will. You know what? You're right. It's why should I make fun of you? Because it's a dollar ninety nine a month, and it is insanely affordable. Um, Robert M. Schnock, Ph.D. I have a very strong feeling that this man is not a Ph.D. You know, that's the fun part about the internet. You could do what you want. I would like you to take a quick little gander, and honestly, I might post this as the image of the episode. Did his PhD allow him to choose 17 different fonts for this one advertisement? I think that you're hating too much on true graphic design. This is the gas station dick pill of internet advertisements. The ones that are like on the little like five hour energy wrap. Yeah. You're exactly right. And honestly, I appreciate that. Um just a quick thing is like, I, I think I told you in typhoid Taylor, like my goal for you is to get you each a targeted ad shirt. Mm-hmm. I also have other ideas that I'm not going to disclose quite yet, but I really want to get you guys a targeted ad shirt. And so far, some of the ones that I have found for you look very much like that. So um, <laughs> I just, I think you should spend more time on this website because oh as i hit my mic um i'm waiting for it to come back because it's literally flipping through all of his different articles right now Mm -hmm. um but it had something to do with 
COVID. Um, and there's a link between technology and bacteria. I was going to say, is it 5G and COVID? I mean, <sighs> also there's an article called Afterlife for Pigs. Oh, I love pigs. So maybe check that out. But anyway, um, I want to tell everyone to go check out this website, but I also feel like all of our credit card information will be stolen and sold on the dark web if we do. So Wi-Fi can see through walls. This is incredible. Honestly, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, let's go. I will say I don't think that a lot of the stuff that I found on this website was also found on a bunch of other websites and it, that we will also reference mm-hmm. we will get into some more weird stuff this mm-hmm. isn't weird we're not even into the weird shit. oh i can't wait okay this is so, just basically like this is we're still in the history this day. is the anyway, foundation yeah so again from atlanta mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh eric von donneken quotes from litton ritlinger's book uh, in his Gold of the Gods, and says that Ritlinger learned while on Pompeii that it was a brilliant and splendid center of a celebrated kingdom that had existed there untold millennia ago. The reports of fabulous wealth had enticed pearl divers and Chinese merchants to investigate the seabed secretly, and the divers had all risen from the depths with incredible tales. They had been able to walk on the bottom of well-preserved streets overgrown with mussels and coral. Down below, there were countless stone vaults, pillars, and monoliths. Carved stone tablets hung on the remains of clearly recognizable houses. And what the pearl divers did not find was discovered by Japanese divers with modern equipment. They confirmed with their finds that the traditional uh, legends of Pompeii reported that the vast wealth in precious metals, pearls, and bars of silver. The legend says that the corpses rest in the house of the dead. The Japanese divers reported that the dead were buried in watertight platinum coffins, and the divers actually brought bits of platinum to the surface day after day. In fact, the main reports of the island uh, say that Copra, Vanilla, Sago, and Mother of Pearl were, supplant- were supplanted by platinum. Rutlinger says that the Japanese carried on exploiting this platinum until one day two divers did not surface in spite of their modern equipment. Then the war broke out, and the Japanese had to withdraw. Are they trying to say that because these guys were chipping away at platinum coffins underwater, that's why they lost the war? Abs- no, that would actually be really interesting. Maybe they did. Maybe there was like a curse that they unlocked. I feel like that's um, what I was getting from that sentence. I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't pick up on just, it. Just that, um, essentially what I hope to establish from this is that they're – so part of Nanmadal is kind of underwater mm-hmm. and we can talk about that a little bit, but the city and the technology that they had there is insane. And the wealth that they had there was insane. Um, there is definitely an underwater city, not a conspiracy. And there is definitely insane amounts of wealth. Uh, why the two did not surface. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And it is scientific. It's not actually a conspiracy, but essentially what's going on is the, we're kind of building up to the idea that this could very well be an Atlantean myth um, okay. that there is evidence for. So let's pause and backtrack for a little bit. So far we have a non-conspiracy island that 100% exists mm-hmm. and it is built on a coral reef in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Okay. So let's just take a quick peek at how difficult it even is to get to the island. So according to discover.hubpages.com, there isn't a straight shot to getting to Nanmadal. 
They say that you first have to fly into Hawaii via the island hopper flight, which is run only by United Airlines. Once you get a flight with them, you have layovers in the Marshall Islands, and then you'll have to wait there for a flight to Guam that only runs three days a week. Then you have to find a way to Pompeii, which they they literally don't tell you how to do it. So I think you literally just ask a local to help you if they happen to be swinging by the area. From there, you get to the capital city of Palakir, and then from there, you can get to Nanmadal. Again, they don't tell you how to do this, so I'm guessing that you just barter and trade with locals for transportation, or you just go there and you're like, is someone happened to be going this way, and you either hitchhike your way there, or you just walk, um, or swim. Okay. But essentially, it's you have to depend on the locals, and it's not fair. It's not really inhabited, and you have to get dropped off, right? Because it's like an isolated little city. Um, And good luck not losing your way on the island or as you make your way to the island. Because as we talked about a little bit earlier, there's some mystery to it, which causes technology to not work there. um, Which causes a lot of confusion when you're trying to navigate around. And it's because this area literally sits atop a series of magnetic anomalies, which make the use of a compass and some technology completely useless. Uh, not a conspiracy. It does. And we'll okay. talk about it a little bit later. Um, but just by knowing this and what the Japanese were going through after World War One and World War II, returning to the island was not really a priority for them. Um, but the Smithsonian did go there in the 1960s, hoping mm-hmm. to get some real and inscrutable information on the strange island. They carbon dated some of the fire pits in the area, which came back to about 900 years old. They also determined that there were basalt crystals on the island, which likely came from Soka's Rock, which is located about 27 miles away from Nan Madal. Their work, along with archaeologist Steve Athens, discovered pottery that could also be as old as 2,000 years, which would place the city around the time of Christ. Now, I'm only going to say this one time. Here we go. Move on, because I know you will die bitter about this. But something else they were also looking into to verify from the reports of the Japanese occupants during the war and Pompeii natives. The Japanese discovered bones on the island, which seemed to indicate the ancient people of Nanmadal were pretty tall, a.k.a. Giants. giants. Oh, it always comes. Hey, I did not seek this it out. It always I was- comes back to giants. So... <laughs> Uh-huh. They were about an average of seven feet tall. So, like, when you traditionally think of giants, you want to think of, like, you know, these massive things. But seven feet tall, that is a reasonable human feet, right? It's just some NBA players. That's what I was going to say. We saw NBA players who were, like, seven feet tall uh, yeah. last week. Yeah. Um, one local stated that he had actually found a femur in the jungle twice the size of his own leg, which would put the individual owning that femur at around ten feet. So, I'm just going to say in all caps – but this is even more proof that the Smithsonian hides evidence of giants because the trail <laughs> literally goes cold once they leave there. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. if you are lucky and you actually finally make it to Nanadal, you're going to be met with some pretty unique sites. So unique that there is literally nowhere else on earth quite like it. So let's talk about the structures there. And just some of the cool anomalies that goes on. So first, they, they call it the eighth wonder of the world, and there's a reason for that. It's, it's the only ancient city known to man that was built on a coral reef 
And archaeologists believe that the construction likely started some 1,500 years ago. And a lot of this timeline isn't going to match up, okay? So the fire pits are like 900 years ago. Pottery is 2,000 years ago. Most people think it, construction standard, like started around 1,500 years ago. That's going to be a theme. We never really quite narrowed down when it started. Okay. So even more mysterious than the pyramids, though, is that the structures here could not be explained. So as soon as you get to Nadmadal, you will see giant walls made out of pure crystal basalt logs, which are estimated to weigh over 110,000 pounds each. And hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at pictures of Nadmadal, and it literally looks like Lincoln Log style cab- cabins, yeah. but like doubled or tripled in size straight yeah. up. Yeah. With these like, I, when I heard a basalt, crystal basalt log, I, it, it just looks like kind of like dull obsidian, right? Mm-hmm. Like they are insanely massive. And the fact that they weigh over a hundred thousand pounds is insane. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. There's even more insanity here because the people who moved these logs did so without the technology that ancient Egyptians would have used to build the pyramids, which would have been a lever and pulley system. Mm-hmm. Um, and the stones that the Egyptians needed to move were a pathetically light 6,000 pounds. So these guys got them fucking beat in more ways than one. Yeah. And in its heyday, Nan Madal was likely only home to about 1,000 people. So when you compare that to the 1 to 1.5 million occupants in ancient Egypt at the time of the pyramids, the architectural feats of Nan Madal become even more impressive. And the cherry on top is again that they literally did it in the middle of the ocean on a coral reef. There is no technology known to man at that time that would have allowed people to achieve such constructive feats at sea level, which makes it mm-hmm. even more complicated. Um, and when you put it all together, the city itself has over 250 million tons of these crystal basalt logs stacked around an 11 square mile area with some even being underwater. The island itself is very mountainous, meaning that there's very little possibility that the locals were able to transport any of these basalt logs via land. And since it was so heavy, it is also very unlikely that they were able to transport them via water either, because it would have been on bamboo rafts. Yeah, would have just sunk. And the magnificence is that these structures are just as impressive as their weight. So in some areas of the island, these walls can be up to 20 feet thick and over 50 feet high. Also, some other strange things about the island that we haven't quite brought up yet is that there is zero access to fresh water here. Huh. Yeah. Make it make sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you think? Are you thinking aliens? Are you thinking some like weird race of people that's super strong and can drink salt water? <laughs> no, this is where I kind of um I didn't know what to expect going into this episode, but this is definitely where I go into more of the Atlantis Lemurian thing of like there was a very advanced civilization and we lost that technology. That's the only okay. thing. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. As much as I love the alien stuff, I want to imagine that there's more to Earth's history than we fully comprehend instead of applying the alien technology band-aid. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember if it was, I think it actually was an old Joe Rogan bit 
like back in the day when Netflix would send you DVDs type of Joe Rogan bit from that type of comedy special pre him doing ayahuasca and losing his mind. But he would talk about, he was like, you know, if you're remote broke, if all the smart people died, which they inevitably will because only idiots reproduce at massive amounts of rates. Right. If your remote stopped working, would you be able to figure it out? And he's like, as far as I'm concerned, there are little Keebler elves inside of my TV that make my remote work. And I can imagine the downfall of civilization being we all just step outside of our houses and yell across the street to our other dumb idiot neighbor, like, hey, is your TV working yet? And he's like, no, yours, no. And then we keep doing that until the bears and the mountain lions start to realize that we're weak and dumb and yeah. we have no power and no more smart people. And so they start to infiltrate the cities and attack us. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves reverting back inside of the caves until yeah. eventually someone figures out how to reinvent the wheel and we start all over from square one. And I think about that all the time because I'm like, you're so fucking right. That is exactly what would happen. And when you think about it through that perspective and lens, it makes a lot of sense or could make things make sense. And that like, we used to be this advanced beyond our wildest imagination society. And then something happened to all the smart people and then only idiots were left. And then we went back into the caves and started from fucking ground zero. I do. Yeah. There's even like, I wouldn't say it's a conspiracy, but yeah, there's like the technological reset theory that says mm-hmm. that that happens all the time. Yeah. And that, like, the Ice Age was the last great reset for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I mean, think about it. It it almost seems like a a sick, cyclical, sick, I can't even, I'm going to have a cyclical. There we go. Thank you. I had a stroke. This is what happens. (laughs) But uh, it's like cyclical, right? Like, we get to this point, and I think we're getting close to it now, right? Where, like, resource guarding also includes education and intelligence and um, not just money, you know? And then the things become, inex- like, tied. And at that point, you have this very small, tiny population of people who know how to do everything. Mm-hmm. And then when something happens to them, maybe even, like, a revolt and all the yeah. smart people who know how to make the things work and the technology happen vanish or die or whatever, and only a bunch of fucking cavemen idiots are left, it makes sense. That's the technological reset. It Honestly, it feels illuminating to understand and accept it. Yeah, or even if you think about, um, we're kind of going into it a little bit right now with everybody's getting priced out of education. So only mm-hmm. a certain tier of people can even get to the resources mm-hmm. or knowledge to become, make themselves more intelligent or more knowledgeable. So it's like empowering the stupid to outnumber us yeah. all. And then it leaves the rich with only the resources and eventually yeah. that burns out. It's not sustainable. Well, then it also, it's the joke about like, if you become more, if you, there was that one fucking movie. Oh my God. What was it? It was, I can only remember specific scenes from the movie, like where they're trying to water the crops with Gatorade. Is it idiocracy? Idiocracy. It's like, <laughs> Literally idiocracy. Uh-huh. And the smart people wait until they're 
financially stable, mentally ready to procreate. And by that time it's too late or they've yeah. decided it's not a good financial decision for them, et cetera, et cetera. And like, that's the joke that like all the people who yeah. should have children no longer can. And only the idiots who are watering crops with Gatorade are creating <sighs> litters of people. Yeah. And so seeing technology die in a lifetime is um, reasonable and understandable. Yeah. We're headed right to it. I think um, so. I would even make the case that if we wanted to do Nan Madal, I don't even think we would be able to move that amount of weight without fucking damaging the, a coral reef or the ocean mm-hmm. with no pollution. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We wouldn't even be able to do what they did today. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can't. And I, I know people have tried and the, like, even with like the pyramids, right. They're like, well, we're going to see if we can replicate how they did it. And we kind of have like a good, a decent idea of how they could do it with like manpower, um, like raw manpower. But this Island doesn't have any of that. It doesn't have manpower. It doesn't have resources. It doesn't have water. Mm -hmm. Um, Insane. So, Something that is accepted with the theory surrounding Atlantis and Lemuria is that they did possess technology that even modern man doesn't even come close to. Tech would, or technically technology that would allow for sonar or pulse tech to move stones via air is a very popular Atlantean myth, especially, especially since there are plenty of schools of thought who believe that this ancient people were even capable of flight. Um, something very different, though, that tends to get brought up with Nan Madal isn't the idea of technology, but it's the idea of them using black magic. Oh, that was a pivot. I did not expect. (laughs) Well, we'll we'll, we'll move back because you could also make the argument that magic and technology could be absolutely interchanged um, depending on where the tech is introduced. The dumb people are explaining the technology as black magic. Okay, now I'm back. Now I'm back. Now I'm back. Yeah, if we went back to medieval times and we had a flashlight we would be burned at the stake. Yes, like, it's you're just so right. Battery power, man. Yeah, yeah you're uh, so right. But going back again, a little whiplash for you. In the case of Amadol, we are talking bonafide 100% home club grown black magic curses. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Burp, 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 ankle okay. breaking going on here. Yeah. <clears throat> so <clears throat> earlier in the episode, we talked a little bit how difficult it is to get to the island. But that is not the only reason why very few tend to set foot there. So over the years, the rumors of black magic surrounding Nan Madal has left it with the moniker of being the world's most cursed city. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the curse. The curse is, honestly, that I was ready to jump on board this Nan Madal ship with logic and reason, and then you came in and kicked my teeth <laughs> out. It's fun, though. It's fun. Um, so there are really neat Game of Thrones-esque myths that come from the locals. And my, I'm going to say my favorite one. My favorite one is where two wizards, or brothers, depending on the legend, came to the island only to discover that it was inhabited by dragons and giants. That's cool. That is fun. <sighs> I'm just emotionally preparing to mess up these names. Um, named Olishipa and Oloshopa, they had a feeling as if the coral would boost their magic and chose to build a massive city on the sea by levitating the stones into place and taking the local women as their wives. Historically, this is not a conspiracy. The dynasty that they created would come to be known as the Sadalur dynasty and would last for 16 generations. And their people did thrive there for a time, 
But eventually, we back into a little bit of mythos, the tame dragons died off and the magic went back into the earth. The dynasty of the two wizards eventually became tyrannical, and the people on their island were suffering under the king's rule. According to Escafi.com, a warrior named Nan Paratox sailed to the island with 300 men and got the nobles to join aside for the inevitable war. Nan Paratok managed to wipe out the previous dynasty and took over as ruler of the area, but not for long. Eventually, everyone on the island was met with so much death and misfortune that the entire population was wiped out. This led to the belief that the original royal family from the wizards or brothers cursed the island and that anyone who would step foot on it after they were gone would meet with a quick demise. And this is backed up by the historical record, which saw the Sadalur dynasty was pretty much thriving until 1628, when it suddenly disappeared from the face of the earth entirely. Missionaries were even sent to the area and found nothing. No written, no written records, carvings, art, nothing. Only the rumors from the islanders remained. And even the history of the surrounding areas simply state that the city of Nanmadal was there before they were there which is also how it came to be known as the City of Ghosts. See, I have to, like, I have to remind myself that I th um, dragons are one of those things that no matter where you are and what time period, like, they pop up everywhere. Everywhere. And they are almost unanimously the same, even when there would have been no means of communication between these different civilizations at these times. It's a synchronicity, whatever you want to call it. And just like pyramids, you know what I mean? Like there was every culture, no matter where they were geographically, had this connection. And it almost makes me want to believe that they were real and here and maybe it's because of disney movies and pop culture that's made me like think that they're not and they're imaginary but then you look at dinosaurs and you're like yeah of course a fucking dragon like of course that's just a fucking dinosaur like yeah. and i don't know i the fact that they're just like culturally everywhere at all times and very similar in appearance makes me just be like, you know what? I need to take what's funny is that like the childlike sense of wonder that Disney tries to like instill in people is what makes me remove any, like this could be real. Like it, that's what sucks it out of me. Really? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Isn't that weird? Like, I feel like the the childlike sense of wonder that like these animation studios put into dragons is what has also sucked its reality out of my brain into thinking it could ever be a possibility but it makes more sense than anything i mean i f i still feel blessed and highly favored that i pretty much believe in everything including dragons because i don't understand yeah. the interpretation that we apply to it could it be a dinosaur sure um also i and then it cut like kind of begs the question of like, where's the evidence? But it's, it's like this Carl Jung thing, like dragons are in the collective consciousness of man throughout history. Yeah. And, and there. yeah. And it's like always the theme. And like, even, even think about stories throughout different cultures and time periods when again, no one was having this communication and 
there was always like, you know, the dragon lives on top of the hill and it guards the eggs and like the people yeah. want to go get the, it's just like, it feels like there's no way that that was a coincidence. Also, you know? I will never doubt the efficiency of man's ability to wipe shit off the face of the earth. That's the fucking truth of it all. That is the fucking truth of it all. Yeah. So it's like, where's the evidence? And I'm like, we are the garbage disposal shittiest species to ever exist yeah, yeah, in this yeah, time yeah, frame. Yeah. We probably fucking ruined it the way we ruin everything else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're speaking the it, truths, man. It's like, find historical and archaeological evidence of my happiness. It's not there. It's gone. <laughs> no evidence that it ever existed. I had a minor pep in my step today. The universe sensed it, made me forget my purse on the way to Petco today. So I had to drive yeah. all the way back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's gone. There's gone. no evidence. Yeah. No evidence. Yeah. So <laughs> oh. it makes sense. Honestly, it makes so much right? sense. And it's so fun to think about it. Mermaids, dragons, mm-hmm. Nessie. Honestly, now that we've really worked this out and gone to therapy about it, on the list of things that I believe, dragons has now is now topping it. It's number sure. one. Dragons yeah. is oh, above mermaids, above Nessie, above fairies, above goblins. Top of the list is dragons. As far as I'm concerned, they were real at a time, and we ruined it because we ruined everything good. 100%. And anybody who even ventured like once the once religion and the church took over anyone who even ventured outside of anything remotely interpreted as magic or the other or other beings mm-hmm. they killed them they crucified them and yeah. you know that the, you know there's fucking evidence of dragons in the vatican that they're just sitting on and i would believe it looks like porn yeah and they're like i will never let anyone be happy i will never let anyone know that we have dragons and fairies and mermaids because we don't want anyone to believe in anything that wasn't extremely outlined and hardlined into the bible but i will make the uh there is maybe evidence that um there were dragons or dinosaurs in the bible but our modern interpretations got it confused with the hippo that is an interesting take Fun, huh? <laughs> there's this whole thing about behold behemoth, like, and it talks about this like behemoth in the Bible, and everybody's like, it's just a fucking hippo. But I'm like, ah, maybe it I is. I mean, anyway, we're getting off tangent, but I mean, we misinterpret everything all the time, so I'll 100%. let you have that. Thank you. So, <clears throat> in the early 1900s, the entire island was royally banned by a local king of the area named. Nam Warki? I'm so sorry. Public it is embarrassing. And I'm painfully white. Mm-hmm. Um, stating that, quote, to disrupt the holy ground that once belonged to past rulers with supernatural powers would be breaking the law. So naturally enter the Germans again. Um, yeah. Governor Victor Berg heard this warning. And Victor. Victor, <laughs> what a bad Victor. <laughs> Oh, I can't exist God. without smoke signals just entering my life. Dude, I know. <laughs> the the true haunting of my life is smoke signals. Never seen it, but I cannot say, Victor, what about your dad, Victor? Are you serious? You've never seen it? No. I have seen clips. I have been haunted by Victor. It's streaming on uh, 
I feel like it was streaming on something recently. I think it was like on Netflix or something. Anyway. Probably. But yeah. <laughs> so anyway. <clears throat> Victor Berg heard this warning and decided to take a gamble on the king's warning. Because you see, only a few decades earlier, as mentioned, the anthropologist Kubri's ship was wrecked and sank with hundreds of crates of artifacts from the island. And Berg wanted to see if he could fare any better than his predecessor. So ignoring decency in full... The German not only went to the island, but decided to enter some of the sealed tombs and disturb the dead, too. Sounds about right. And not only did he also report the skeletal remains of giants, he also claimed that the island was plagued with spiritual activity. So soon after disturbing the tombs. Um, and Zach Bagans hasn't been there. Missed opportunity. I know. I bet he's too scared to go there. He probably also doesn't have the permits to go there. Mm, that's true. I like that stopped him. But anyway. Yeah, you're right. Um, soon after disturbing the tombs, Berg suddenly realized that a massive storm was brewing and coming for him and that he would be forced to hunker down on the island. During the storm, Berg suddenly came into a delirium as lightning, flash, as lightning flashes illuminated the island. And caught in the middle of a massive torrential downpour, the German made claims that he could hear someone blowing a conch shell on the island. The next day, having spent less than 24 hours there and initially being in good health, Berg died. Obviously, there are two schools of thought on how and why he died, with Germany saying that it was only sunstroke or heat exhaustion, while the locals and rational people that we clearly agree with know that he died from fucking around and finding out too hard. That is true. I was also going to say maybe standing underneath a tree during a lightning storm. But, you know, that is <laughs> the Noel school of thought of not yeah. understanding mm-hmm. how lightning is conducted. Mm-hmm. Um, but considering that this island is still a ghost town to this day, a lot of people are taking these stories to heart and choosing to stay away. Which is crazy, Noel, because I just told you about this crazy massive storm that came upon the island. Mm-hmm. But I want to point out that it is technically one of the safest places in the Pacific Ocean. Remember earlier how we said it was sitting atop an electromagnetic phenomena? Mm-hmm. Well, somehow the entire island is also in an area that isn't hit by ocean storms very often which is what makes Berg's death a little more hardcore. It would be about the equivalent if you and I went through a hurricane in the middle of Utah. Sure, it's possible, but scientifically doubtful it would ever happen. Rare. And the safety of the island is not a conspiracy. In fact, Joseph Newman, inventor of the energy machine, stated that due to the electromagnetism of the island, hurricanes basically cannot survive or thrive there. Okay, okay, okay. So, this leaves us with a lot of questions and unfortunately not too many answers. Typical. Yeah. Modern scientists have tried to move the stones with the same technology available to man at the time and have failed. The curse of the area keeps people from remaining there long enough to discover the city's secrets. And many of these questions lend themselves to the theories of Atlantis or Lemuria. Regardless of the theories, it's unlikely that we will ever truly know the secrets of Nan Madal. Until we send Zach Bagans and the entire Ghost Adventures crew. Until Zach Bagans goes there and flexes on camera and his bicep alone. Mm -hmm. Lifts up the the giant logs. Lifts up the giant logs, yeah. His ego alone could move all of those logs. One minor chub 
could move that island. Mm-hmm. Well, we learned a lot today, and mostly that dragons are real. Yeah, dragons are real, and Nanmadal is probably Atlantis. Um, the interesting thing about them building it on sea level, by the way, explains why some of it happens to be underwater to this day, because we're terrible and global warming is real. And that the is also levels true. have risen a little bit, because we're melting the icebergs. That, that is also true. These are very big facts wow. coming through. Isn't that neat? That is neat. Well, I'm glad it didn't go full Atlantis, and I'm glad it just made me believe in dragons more, which at the end of the day is the best gift that you can give yeah. to someone. I didn't think, I didn't know initially that it would go full Atlantean. Uh, something that I said off mic was, I initially was looking for just something to talk about today, and I had to cut and paste and go back a lot. Because things kept popping up where I was like, whoa, we're going full Atlantean. Another theory that I did not go into was the the whole Giants thing because I didn't want – I didn't feel Thank like God. fighting before Thanksgiving. Thank you. Thank you. Um, That's really the gift of thanks that yeah. we should be appreciative for. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll cover it briefly. Uh, there is uh, – <laughs> in the book of – so the Bible has books that were taken out. By Are you going to say the church. book of Enoch? The Book of Enoch talks about giants, and there's a theory that pre-flood, this is where they came from. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's a good thing that the Bible is a work of fiction. So anyway, um, I want to say, I I want to let everyone know that despite me being upset at the beginning of the episode, I am very thankful that you all listen to us and I would be even more thankful if you went to the link tree in all of our bios. I'm at Noelle Fane. That is at Sith Lord. We are at go to help podcast. And you went in there and you clicked a little link that says support us on Patreon. A dollar gets you in and there are new episodes every week. It's a good time. Come hang out. Um, we also have a link to our merch page where all of the money is donated. Um, I do want to say that I'm probably going to be switching the Protect Trans Kids charity um, just due to the recent shooting um, that happened at, right. what was it, Club was it Club Q? That sounds right, yeah. Um, yeah, Club Q. Um, it is, I feel like we would be, um, I don't really know how to say this, but I wanted to go into this episode and um, have fun, especially since we came off of a depression kick last week. But the unfortunate thing is that we live in a really dark and depressing world. And the only hope that is put into it is from individuals like you and I and everyone listening right now. Um, And it is very clear and obvious to me as it is with everyone that hateful rhetoric is were the bullets behind that gun. And it is not lost on anyone that it was extremist right-wing politics, um, bigotry, and hatefulness, and anti-trans rhetoric, and anti-queer rhetoric that allowed such things to happen. And there have been talks that the shooter was LDS, and everyone on this podcast should know how I feel about that. And when we think back to the same statements from Jeffrey R. Holland that he gave at BYU, saying that people need to take up arms against trans people, once again, tragedies like this 
they don't seem so far removed from reality. They all. seem like an inevitability, mm -hmm. which is why, again, it's up to us as individuals to stomp that shit the fuck out. Actually, um, we got a message correcting us on some of our incorrect verbiage, and I do want to read it, speaking of this topic, um, just so that we can let people know that we are correcting our bad habits. So... Thank you, C, who reached out to us on Instagram. Um, they said that, quote, I heard this a couple of times in the pod and forgot to reach out until I listened to your newest episode on Spotify. I know you are very serious about protecting trans lives, and I'm so grateful that you make bold statements about it. However, I've heard you both call trans people transgenders or transgendered, and in what I've seen, people feel better about being called trans, trans people, and simply transgender. So we kind of verbed it a little bit. Mm. Um, now, I'm not trying to criticize you, harshly just sharing with you what I think I've seen shared by the trans people I know. I'm not trans, and I am absolutely not at the center of the conversation, but I just wanted to mention this since I've seen criticism about the words you guys have used and wanted to bring it to you in case you haven't seen the conversation. I didn't know. I looked it up, and they're absolutely correct. Like, you don't say transgendered or saying transgendered. It's a very incorrect way to say it. So thank you for keeping us honest. I didn't realize it. Fucking dumb. But it won't yeah. happen again. Yeah. We'll never put a verb on the end of it. No, no verbs. Uh, Again, we'll blame public school for that. Public schooling, yeah. <laughs> uh, also, just the way that we speak is incorrect. But thank you so much for letting us know so that we can be correct and be uh, well-informed allies. So if you are also using that same speech, now you also know. Um, but I do think switching the charity for a little bit is good. Um, I've also heard that the, the gunman is related to somebody who's in Congress or something now, who's in DC now and supported the January 6th insurrection. So mm -hmm. we got close roots to our politics here. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, yeah, that is, I don't, I don't have anything other, anything else to say other than like, um, obviously the true pandemic of this country is mass shootings and the Delta variant, if you will, is um, hateful rhetoric and bigotry and racism. And um, it, it's just, it's disgusting and insane. And yeah. the only glimmers of hope that I have are from the individuals um, like the army vet and drag queen who disarmed the shooter. So yeah. Um, absolutely 100% heroes. And if there's any way we can support them or the people involved, we will do it. Yeah. So if you, um, I'm obviously going to be looking into charities for them. I did see a GoFundMe going around, but I do know that people have feelings about GoFundMe um, because of the, the kickback that that website takes. Yeah. I think they might have changed some things. So like if it's for something like this, like helping, um, the families of the victims, yeah. uh, they might have like different protocols, but I'm not sure. So if you know of any um, charities specifically, let us know. Yeah. So thank you. And I think that, you know, how they're always like punch Nazis. I think similar sentiment can be shared with like bigots, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not, don't saying, just, not promoting violence, but I am promoting fucking around and finding out. So yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's the tea of it all. Again, I we are big proponents of um, actions having consequences, and if, especially now, as um, some of us are around family, maybe that have differing opinions, 
Um, I, I am, um, I am the biggest proponent of trying to educate and when it doesn't work, cutting them the fuck out and cutting them the fuck off. Yes. Because I don't think that the excuse of family should allow the perpetuated violence and violent rhetoric and racist rhetoric and bigoted rhetoric. Um, I'm very sick of that. If you can teach a dog to press a button to say, I'm hungry, you could teach your grandma to not be a fucking racist and to not be a fucking bigot. Um, And I think one of the greatest examples um, that I had was obviously my mom is not a bigot or a racist, but she didn't understand why people put pronouns um, in their bios and stuff. And we had a conversation about it and it was um, received with love and understanding. It had a lot of confusion in the beginning, but we ironed it all out. And by the end of the conversation, she was like, will you show me how to do it? Will you show me how to put pronouns in my bios? Love that. And absolutely, I love that. And um, I just think if if people really want to practice what they preach and they really want to practice the graciousness of God, then they should truly put love in their heart. And yes. um, that's what that is. So, yeah, and the pronouns, if you have your assigned pronoun that you got when you were born, you're very lucky and is a sign of support. It's helpful to include those to just normalize mm-hmm. the practice of using pronouns. So a thousand uh, percent. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm saying stand your fucking ground this holiday yeah. season. The gift that keeps on giving is standing your fucking ground, especially in this day and age. Yes. Um, and if you need help and resources, we're always happy to provide them. Absolutely. Um, S- um, and yeah, that's, that's basically all I have to say officially now. Um, so now more than ever, I would like to give a special thanks to the number one, honestly, historical they, them that is here for all of us <laughs> with a hail Satan. I don't know what to hail today. I'm going to say hail Hail the queen and the vet who fucking stopped that person, that savage killer, and uh, I hope that the rest of that hater's life is awful. Yeah. Hail justice. Yeah, hail justice. Um, All right. Also have a fun uh, Thursday. Yeah. Whatever that Thursday may be for you. Yeah, sometimes it's just hanging out with the people you care about. And remembering that colonizers deserve to kill themselves. (laughs) 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 All right. Bye. Bye.